Warning. The following episode will contain Paper Hanger Kid Roosevelt Talk Nepotism? Texas Ignorance Nazi Germany Talk of PTSD Lobster Art And this episode, we'll talk about magical animals. Welcome to the Band Library Podcast. Welcome back to the podcast. My name is S.D. Harker, librarian, writer, non-combatant. You can follow me on Twitter at bandwriter, W-R-I-T-E-R. You can follow the library at Band Library on Twitter. Also, Facebook and Instagram and the Kung Fu message board, High Kicking Grandpas. But I don't really pay attention to anything other than Twitter, mostly. If you'd like to help support the band library, become a friend on our Patreon over at patreon.com slash bandlibrary. There's a link on the post and on the website. For a dollar a month, you become a friend of the library. Get access to damn near everything we've ever posted going back about, hell, it's seven, maybe even ten years now, somewhere in there. It's been a while, folks. Today we are talking about Brown Bear, Brown Bear, What Do You See? by Bill Martin Jr. and Eric Carle. It's a fascinating tale, honestly. A learning adventure. But we're also going to get into some dark underbelly of this book. Some willful ignorance of its perception in society. Mostly, the only reason we're talking about it is because of a stupid mistake. But first, as we are wont to do, let's talk about the author. Our author is an illustrator, I guess I should say. Bill Martin Jr. did the text and the idea. Born March 20th, 1916, to Bill Martin Sr. If you weren't curious about that. His father was a paper hanger, which basically meant he went around town and wallpapered places. His mom was unnamed. I have no idea. I only assumed the name of his dad. I'll break that out right now. Hell, his his name might even be William. It's a wild world out there. You're doing half-assed research like I do. He had four brothers growing up. Uh, His mom was a housewife. You know, holding down the family line. Beating these four brothers to death. Back to life again, because as far as I know, they all lived okay. He first went to the Kansas State Teachers College. I guess right out of the womb, because I don't have any other noise or information before then. He strengthened his reading. He wasn't a great reader until then, but he wanted to teach, so he would read poems and memorize poems. That's how he got himself good. 
if you notice through most of his work, that's very emphatic. I mean, very definite. He writes in a poetic, lyrical style and chooses to teach that way, which I think is, it's an interesting way to play to your strength. Oh, this helped me. It could probably help somebody else. Upon receiving his bachelor's, he taught high school around Kansas, going different places. Married Betty Jean Bachman in 1942. During World War II, he served in the Army Air Force as a newspaper editor. Again, play to your strengths. You know, I don't need to be shot. Just give me them words. During this time, he wrote his first book, Little Squeaky Bug, illustrated by his brother Bernard. If you're curious what some people were doing during the war effort, uh, this guy was writing children's books. Probably editing Stars and Stripes. Is that the military newspaper? I forget. Apparently, the little squeaky bug got all the way up the chain to Eleanor Roosevelt. She liked it, enough to include it in her newsletter, like her husband had those fireside chats. She apparently had a little newsletter to give out little bits of information. I didn't get a hold on it. I don't know what's in it. I could speculate that it was just a, you know, most... Random news around the White House. Hey, got new sconces. Here's a recipe for some stuff that somebody told me about. Because if you tell me Eleanor Roosevelt cooked a day in her life, I'd call you a dirty, dirty liar and kick you out of whatever establishment we were in. Probably had some weird stories, too. She just sort of made up. I like to think an ongoing Story much like DuckTales of a rich family solving crime. What if we found out Eleanor Roosevelt wrote crime novels, erotic crime novels in her spare time? I kind of like that. I don't know. Just give her a little bit of depth. Not just some rich lady who ran the country for a while while her husband was indisposed. Anyway, that's enough talking about Roosevelt. Let's get back to Bill Martin Jr., uh, after the war, he began focus on writing and education, published over 300 children's books in his life, most after 1972 when he began writing full-time. Some of his accomplished before he started writing full-time, he was the principal of several schools. He got a doctorate in early childhood education from Northwestern, served as editor-in-chief of the school division of Holt, Reinhardt, and Winston, which is, strangely enough, where... This book was published. Hmm, look at that. Although I also read otherwise. I guess maybe that now publishing is Doubleday. It could go either way. But he is considered a pioneer in promoting children's books. He was one of the first people to go out into schools. Do like the scholastic book fair sort of thing. He'd go and he'd read the books to kids. Do little book talks. Talk to them. Teach them. Traveling with them. Had a nice little act from what I've read. He did pass away in Commerce, Texas, age of 88, August 11, 2004. So you could have met him if you wanted to, but you chose not to. I guess unless, as long as you're older, well, I mean, shoot for the stars. If your three-year-old says he wants to meet a children's author, you take that bastard to go meet him. I'm just saying. Various awards and buildings are named after him all over the United States. Just a good guy, overall. 
Eric Carle, the illustrator of this book, and many other books. Well, we covered him back on Draw Me a Star. Check out that episode. If it's not on the main feed still, go into the Patreon, depending on when you're listening to this, I guess. Eric was born June 25th, 1929, to Joanna and Eric Carl with an H, in Syracuse, New York. This is where his story takes a bit of a turn. When he was six years old, his mother decided she kind of missed the fatherland. And if you're doing the math, that's 1935. They went back to Germany. Um, Turned out to be sort of a not a great decision because, of course, his father was conscripted into the military, the German military. And when Eric was 15, he was conscripted to dig ditches on the Siegfried Line. His father, like I said, was in the German army and was captured by the Soviet army and wasn't released until 1945. He came home weighing only about 85 pounds, Eric said in one interview. He also said of his father he was, quote, a dead man, psychologically, physically devastated, unquote. He also said, I don't really like to talk about it, but I think my wife, I didn't get a direct quote, but he says he thinks his wife believes he has PTSD, which, goddamn right, he probably did. In 1952, Eric Carl decided Germany probably wasn't the best place for him. And the best place for him was New York City, where he could go out and do things, make his little picture books. So with $40 of savings, he moved off to New York City from Germany, worked as a graphic designer in the promotion department of the New York Times. So, I mean, did pretty well for himself. Unfortunately, the Korean War broke out and he was drafted into the army and was stationed in Korea. But as soon as that was over, he came back. Got his job at the New York Times. They kept it for him, so that's nice of them. A few years later, Bill Martin, wandering around. I guess he was just wandering around town. I don't know. He's probably at Holt Reinhardt at this point. Noticed this advertisement in the New York Times of this lobster that Carl had done. It was like, this dude might could do a whole bunch of shit. A bunch of different animals. So he called up Eric Carl, and they got together working, and that's where the brown bear, brown bear came from. Carl later found fame by himself, 1969, with a little book called The Very Hungry Caterpillar. You might like that one. It's a very good story about a caterpillar who is hungry. Got a distinctive art style. Carl does all of his own. And... Pretty much did a good living for himself. About 30 years, he lived with his wife, raised two kids in Massachusetts. 2019, he and his wife moved to Key West, Florida. Still kicking, as far as I could tell. I didn't see any as of this recording. Throughout his life, he had many, many accomplishments. Opened a museum of picture book art in Hampshire College with his wife. Designed Google Doodles, because goddamn that caterpillar gets around. And won many, many awards. I'm not going to list them all here. Look them up if you want. Just a good guy. Overall, that's a pretty harsh life. And if I've said anything on any of these, I apologize. I did as much research as I could. Hopefully, not hurting the man too much. But 
If he's listening to this, well, maybe he's got too much time in his hands. Maybe go outside for a walk, sir. You lived a good life. Damn near 90. Listen to podcasts. Some idiot librarian. Good for you. Now the reason we're talking about Brown Bear, Brown Bear. It was banned. Why the hell was this book banned? If you've read it, it's super simple. There's not a whole lot in it. We'll get to the plot in a bit. Well, turns out, 2010, Texas State Board of Education were going through a list. They saw the name Bill Martin. And I guess one of them on there had some type of weird-ass education that was indoctrinated into them because they said, not that fucking communist, and took the book off. See, here's the problem, though. There's two Bill Martins that are famous for writing things. One, Bill Martin Jr., 300 books under his belt, wrote all kind of children's literature, was a children's pioneer, did all kind of stuff. The other is a philosopher who wrote about ethical Marxism. The Categorical Imperative of Liberation is the book, actually. Ethical Marxism, The Categorical Imperative of Liberation. Uh, so, ha. That makes me laugh so fucking hard that they just looked at a name like Bill Martin, didn't think there might be two of them in the world, and took it off the list of all Texas schools. This inoffensive book. As if Brown Bear didn't even look at the book. As if this book has any type of educational, subversive material at all. It literally has maybe 40 words total. I mean, they double up, but you get it. Like, it's not the most complicated book in the world. This is the most abject reasoning that, well, A, the Texas school State School Board, uh, with all the, oh God, just don't, okay, I'm not getting started with the curriculum, or the fact that for some goddamn reason, this is the area of the world that has most of our textbooks and writes most of our textbooks. But the fact that they didn't even bother to look at an author with such an ambiguous name as Bill Martin. Someone read that and went, oh no, that's that communist guy. The fact that somebody thought that was the communist guy, it's just so stupid. This isn't even like, oh, my religion says these bad words in this book. If you looked at this book, I don't care if it was written by like Brown Bear, Brown Bear by Adolf Hitler. It's still a good book. It's a horrible guy that wrote it. I disagree with everything he did with his life. Hell, Brown Bear, Bear, uh, The Very Hungry Caterpillar by uh, The Boston Strangler. (laughs) Objectively a horrible human being good book i mean it is one of those things like this is art and artist i guess but this is so inoffensive you could literally just take the name off the cover and it would not matter at all this doesn't even have like a anything to say in it it's purely for education and enjoyment there is no agenda in this book whatsoever but because that author Sounds like that other author, and I confuse the two. I mean, there's good reason to take some some people away. 
some creators to put them down a peg to maybe maybe shelve their their items you know do we really need all of Hemingway's works eh not really he's kind of a dick had some bad views on women showed him in his books I get it put those away you know those are for cultural artifacts now even and I'll even say it even Huckleberry Finn which is an one of my all-time favorite books and a linchpin in American literature. If it hurts somebody, maybe put that one on the shelf to be studied and no longer read in an actual like youth setting. But this book, the creator is a good guy. The book is completely inoffensive. I feel like I'm repeating myself because I probably am. I do that a lot and I apologize. But goddamn... Oh, and um, Bill Martin, the philosopher, also wrote for the prog rock band, including Yes, which I just thought was a fun like mix-up. Maybe that's where, maybe they disagree, not on Marxism, but just prog rock in general. <laughs> Fuck the band, Yes. I wish I could make a, I don't have anything, but it's just, I just like the idea. that Somebody would be like, oh, Brown Bear, Brown Bear? Fuck that. I really hated that band. <laughs> So yeah, that's why it's banned. It, because someone was an idiot who didn't just double check it or look at the book or look at the author. Dumbasses. So, because we have to, because this is what I've set my life to be, let's look at the plot of this book in quotation marks. Um, pretty much we're seeing an unseen narrator who is accosting this brown bear he says, brown bear, brown bear, what do you see? And strangely enough, the fucking bear talks. Bear says he sees a red bird. And I'm not going to go through this whole thing. It goes on. Following animals are asked, what do you see? And they say, I see a yellow duck, blue horse, green frog, purple cat, a white dog, a black sheep, and a goldfish. The goldfish breaks this nonsense up and says they see a teacher. And the teacher, when asked what she sees, says, I see children. The teacher asks the children what they see, and they just repeat everything again. Brown bear, yellow duck, blue horse, green frog, purple cat, white dog, black sheep, goldfish, teacher. And that Honestly, can't remember if they say children, because they honestly should see themselves. They're not like one, ooh, there's a there's an idea that I never thought of. What if they're like a hive mind? What if there's some kind of indoctrination technique, like in uh, Captain America, Civil War, where Bucky has that list of words? What if this is an activation code? Maybe that's what they thought. That was a Soviet plot, and so is this. Maybe that's what that Texas school board thought, that this was some sort of activation code for sleeper agents. Because there is some weird irregularities in this. I mean, Jesus, we'll get to it when I do a little critique and breakdown, but oh my God, I think I just blew this wide open. Maybe there is somebody in Texas seeing through the bullshit. Taking the pills or whatever the fuck this QAnon assholes thing. Fucking idiots thinking there's any kind of Okay, I'm just going to blow apart my whole joke, but 
the idea that there's any type of conspiracy in the in today's age is ridiculous or any t- age really if you have more than 3 people involved in something everybody's going to know about it i mean it's just it's just there today these days there's too many fucking people there's too many eyes and ears on things hell the fucking president of the united states can't even call one of his lackeys and suggest voter fraud without somebody getting out on it jesus christ why are we even here? But yeah, so the children list all the animals. It's a tangent there that I probably should have listed in warning, but whatever. Spoiler alert, warnings. Politics. Anyway, yeah, so and it ends with all the animals on one big double spread, the children reciting them all, and then going out and, you know, killing some dictator or some small country or whatever sleeper agents do now i'm not even honestly sure they just do we even need sleeper agents or spies now we just all we really have to do is just say something on twitter and somebody else jumps on it and then you got a militia somewhere trying to kill a pizza owner i don't even need that shit anymore oh yeah and there's three uh three books that follow this one but bill martin um one involves a polar bear uh one involves a panda bear one involves a baby bear I didn't read any of them. I don't give a shit. I'm sure they're cute as fuck. So let's get into the critique. Let's get into the weeds of this communist conspiracy sleeper cell activation book that I'm loving now that I'm sitting here thinking. This is why I talk about this stuff. God damn. Uh, First of all, this is a learning book. I've said that a thousand times already, but it's a really good book. It teaches colors. It teaches animals. Teaches acceptance. Uh, there's a bunch of animals to see and talk about. You know, what does this animal say? What does that animal say? Learning all the colors is good. Yellow, green, blue. They're, all the primaries are here. Even white and black make an appearance. The only one that stands out is goldfish because I think he just had a couple extra pages and that one just seems a little odd. Also, it's kind of on the nose. Everything else is like, you know, yellow dog, black dog, goldfish. But it's in its one word. Thought that was a little weird, but whatever. All the kids in the classrooms are all different ethnicities, which is, for 1967, pretty forward for some white dude writing a book. I kind of like it. I dig it. I mean, of course, that is the time during civil rights, so he would have been aware of it as an educator. But it's good he actually put this in a book that was going out to millions. So, yeah, it's, it's good for teaching, class participation. It would... You read a lot. I've seen kids read this thing. I've been in libraries for long enough to... There's been at least one story time where kids were just like, fuck yeah, that bear. The only weird thing I have to say about it, why, why does it start with the bear? No, why not the goldfish? That seems like that would be a better entry point. I guess alliteration always wins out, though. Dude was a poet. Why am I even fucking with him? Now, I do have to say, outside of the communist leanings and the activation of small children of sleeper cells around the world Eh, these animals don't obey the laws of nature it's fucked up they're really dark and weird horses aren't blue cats aren't purple what the fuck is that shit that is honestly a bigger clue now that i've got my theory around it i didn't even think about that when i was putting this together but now that i'm here talking about it why the hell are there blue horses and purple cats those are obviously activation codes 
Jesus. Also, animals don't fucking talk. I don't care what you're smoking or what you're on, or how many YouTube or TikTok videos you see of somebody's dog saying, I love you. They're not. They're just going, ar, 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 because they did that once and you gave them a treat and they kept doing it and you kept giving them treats. So now they say, ar, 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 ar. they're not even parroting you. I'm sorry. It's just not the way it works. The animals don't talk and they sure as hell don't see say what they see. Like I've never looked at my dog when I had one and said, hey, what do you see? And he's like, I'm a big pile of shit. Brown shit. It's mostly what I think they would say. Squirrel. Why is there a squirrel in here? Seems weird. Gray squirrel. It's right there. Yeah. So bad lessons for kids to learn that, you know, while they're being activated to go down to Guatemala and take out multiple classrooms of other small children. Or hell, maybe activated themselves. And now that I'm thinking about the repetition works, this is a very dark book. Bad lessons all around. Not good. On top of the whole animals and colors thing. The art style, though, simple collage, muted colors. It's very well done. It's crisp. Even the old copy I have, the the art, the collage look of it, of Eric Carle, just looks really good. And it's got a lot of texture to it. There's like scratches and bumps like on an old film. It just looks really good on the page. On that white background and just the colors really do pop out. And all joking aside, to wrap up here, I give this book a super high recommendation. It's clever, it's unique, and it's simplicity. The poetic of it just works. It's like one of the best children's books. It's just super simple and has a very simple message. Go to Panama and take out that canal before, you know, the Russians can. <laughs> I'm just, I, I, I've latched onto this and I love it so much. Yeah, but the possibility of learning very simple things for a very small child is very high. And again, the, the animals themselves are bigger than life. They're easy for a child to grasp onto and see. And like, oh, that's a fucking green frog. Hell yeah. And now you know green and now you know frog. Maybe you got some words out of that. Some reading comprehension. It all works. It's very well done. Now I enjoy it. Especially the repetition of saying, you know, what do you see? I see a red frog. I see a, a red frog. Jesus, have I been infiltrated? Is that what this is? I guess I got to shut this down. Yeah. I think I will shut it down. Uh, remember to follow us Patreon um, or support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash library. Follow us on Twitter. I'm going to try to get more on Instagram, but for the most part, fuck Instagram, fuck Facebook in general, all its subsidiaries. Um, but I'll throw one up there every once in a while when I find something cool in the library. Other than that, hope you have a good day. Get some rest, stay in, read a book.
Music, Dances and Dames, by Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com. Licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0.